Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17-time super host, and I've hosted over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two under two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere, so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. Thank you so much to Steadily Insurance for sponsoring this week's episode. There are a lot of things that keep us up at night as hosts. Those late night questions from your guests, scrolling Zillow for the next perfect investment, scouring Pinterest for design inspo. What shouldn't keep you up at night is worrying about what would happen to your hosting business if a fire, flood, or storm damaged your property, damages or theft occurred, or if a guest got injured and filed a lawsuit against you. That's where Steadily Insurance comes in. Steadily provides comprehensive landlord insurance to hosts doing short-term rental, mid-term, or even long-term rentals. So no matter how your business model might change, you are still covered. We all know that the coverage provided by the booking platforms we use isn't always the most reliable. So put your business in the hands of Steadily, who will have your back when you need it most. Click on the link in the show notes to request a free quote or head to hostwithnatalie.steadilypartner.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer, and I cannot believe that it's taken me like 42 episodes to finally interview this person and have them on, but welcome to the show, Tatiana Taylor-Tate. You guys may have heard her already when she took over a solo episode when I lost my voice, but this is the first time I get to have her on and interview her, so welcome, Tatiana Um, I think my entire audience knows who you are because I post about you every day in our summit (laughs) promo. But for those who don't know, can you introduce yourself, please? And thank you for coming on. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And again, thank you for letting me do your podcast takeover. That was super fun and a huge eye opener for me. And I was like, this is a this is a lot more work than (laughs) I anticipated. Um, But for those of you who do not know me, my name is Tatiana Taylor-Tate. I am an award-winning interior designer and short-term rental coach from Vancouver, Canada. I have been in the industry for about eight years now. And like most hosts, I accidentally fell into it, beginning my journey through private room rentals. So that usually kind of sparks people's interest a little bit. But since then, over the eight years, I have incorporated my background in interior design um, while also helping other hosts build generational wealth for their properties. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the private room rentals. Before that, though, you have such an interesting and unique story. And I know you're going to share a lot about this at our summit um, and like get into your personal story. So maybe don't tell everything, save some of the juicy goodness for when you're on stage. But if you want to give us like the brief overview, how did you get into hosting in the first place? And yeah, let's talk about the private room rentals because that's always so interesting. Yeah, of course. Um, It's so funny because I just also talked about this on Stacy's podcast, which ended up probably a lot more different than today's will be. Um, there were some tears on that one. Oh um, but 
for my journey and it is so interesting looking back now and seeing how far I've come. And I know there's a lot of people that are either going through something tough at this very moment in their life, or they've kind of come through something tough. But I just want everyone to know, like, there is always that light at the tunnel, no matter how dark it seems at the moment and how much you're like, my life is never going to change. Why does the bad things always happen to me? But in fairness, like I would not be who I am today without those trials and tribulations that I've been through, as well as I like honestly can't believe looking back today. If you asked that previous version of me that I would be, you know, successfully designing homes for people, as well as building a summit for short-term rental hosts, I would have been like, you must be drunk that there's no way in hell. But today, like, I am so grateful for the person I've become and it amazes me every day. And I think anyone that does go through things, they forget to celebrate those small wins. So today I'm feeling grateful and I'm celebrating those small wins and reminding myself that, you know, I've come very far. So what have I kind of overcome that might be is um, several years ago, about 2015, I was going through uh, some things in my life. And I actually, um, which to me, I'd say is the hardest things that I've ever had to go through. And I would never wish that upon anyone. And what happened is um, in October uh, 31st, 2015, I actually lost my mother in a tragic car accident. Um, she Before that, we were dealing with um, a lot of mental illness on her side through our family. Um, so going through and getting help for her through that. And as she was coming through that and working with doctors and everything and was finding herself in a better place, um, unfortunately, the universe God uh, suddenly took her away from us in the car accident. And then, so as I was grieving that, and trying to really make sense of what just happened. I also got notified from my nine to five job that I was actually working like 60 hours a week at, um, pouring all my time into that uh, they were laying us off. So here I've lost my mom, my, I'm laid off from my job. I have no idea what I'm going to do next. I've always had the entrepreneurial bug, so I kind of always wanted to work for myself and I was doing some graphic design um, and small interior stuff on the side. But as I was going through all of that, I was really pulling away from everyone and felt really lost and disconnected in my own space. And shortly after that, about a month after all of that happened, um, I ended up losing my furry best friend. Um, so I lost my dog, he was very ill. Um, and ended up getting sicker and sicker. And eventually we had to unfortunately put him down. So these, what is it? They say bad things happen in threes. Yes. Um, so at that point, I felt like this was my absolute rock bottom. And I think for me, like one of the traits that I still to this day always have to work on, like self you know, working on yourself is never ending. But one of the things that I always have to work on is my self-discipline and it and like being comfortable with change. So it wasn't until all of those tragic things happened to me that I finally was like, 
okay, I can't lay down here and, you know, die anymore with this. Like enough is enough. I have to change something. I need to get out of my um, apartment. I need to, you know, see the world, switch things up. So with that, I didn't care that I didn't have the money coming in or anything like that. I just wanted to get out of my place and travel and meet new people or open my mind up to something just to clear my head. And I booked um, a ticket to Europe for six weeks. Um, Originally, I was supposed to go with a roommate, but she bailed out last minute. And again, I was on a mission and I was like, nothing's going to like change my mind from trying to fix where I'm at right now. And that's when I I was like, I don't want to lose my apartment though. And I don't want to pay all that money that I technically don't have while I'm trying to travel um, and experience the world. So I heard a friend told me about, oh, well, there's this thing, Airbnb. And I was like, oh, well, what's that? Okay, I can list my property. Like my house is really cute. Who wouldn't want to stay here? And um So I took some pictures of my property, wrote a very enticing listing description about like all the great restaurants in the area, what's in walking distance and why you would love my place. And, you know, I was quite shocked, like instantly it booked. Um, It booked the whole time that I was away. And I was so grateful that it not only covered the overhead of my rental fees of like my own place, but it also covered majority of my trip, which really kind of took that stress away and allowed me to decompress and work on myself and the things that really mattered at that time. So that's a little bit about the story that without giving everything away. Oh my gosh. I mean, I could just listen to you talk forever. I feel like you just like, you're such a good storyteller and and the fact that it's like your real life too, like you can just sense your emotion behind everything. Um, I I can't wait for your speech at the summit. Um, I feel like I'm going to cry, honestly. I don't oh. know if you are, but like I'm going to. Um, I feel like I'm definitely going to cry. <laughs> so sorry, not sorry to everyone oh who's watching. I just, I, I think it's amazing. Well, it's so funny talking to you right now because we literally talk every day for hours a day. Like we are, you guys talked to and I are on Zoom calls all day long with each other planning the summit. And so it's kind of funny to like do this. I think that's why it took me so long to get you on the podcast because I talk to you every day. Like I usually, my podcast guests are people that I'm like, oh, I want to get to know them better. I'll bring them on as a guest. I already know you. And so <laughs> it's funny, like going back and hearing you tell your story when I've like, I don't know, we've become such good friends and stuff. But I think it's really incredible how so many people would let what happened to you like just totally defeat them. And I think like it's just so inspiring how you saw it as an opportunity and how you found hosting as like an outlet. And I love how you said like my apartment was cute. Who wouldn't want to stay here? I think that's how so many like so many of us get started. That's how it was with me. You know, my story is that my parents had this home in Big Bear and I just was like, it's cute. People would book it. I don't know what I'm doing, but let me just try. And I think there's a lot of people in that position. So maybe we can dig into that. What were some of the steps that you took? If anyone's listening and they feel like they they have the natural skill set to be a good host, they're in a place like you, um, maybe not as bad as yours was, I hope not. But if anybody's struggling right now, and they feel like they've been listening to the show for a while, and they feel called to hosting, what would you tell them to officially get them to like make that leap? 
Oh, wow. Like, honestly, it's just trying it. And one of the things that always kind of like ring true to me, especially in my mind, is like when I go back to things, it's like, if you don't ask, you don't know. You know, like, and that kind of goes with everything. Like, even with us, with the summit in different ways, I've just been like, okay, let's go out on a whim and ask for this. And if it, if it comes back to us, amazing. What's the worst that can happen? They say no. And that is the same thing that I think us as people, like we get so worked up in like, you know, the logistics of things or the small, like minute little details when really like, list your property, set it up. Like, of course, for all of us, like, I know I can speak for myself and I'm sure Natalie can agree to this, but like, we learned a lot of this, uh, like through trial and error and along the way, like, you know, like my first photos, I think were iPhone photos. And like, you know, I did the best that I could with what I had and it worked for that time. And as I continued to grow, like you better believe my photos now are like magazine editorial style, (laughs) but it, for anyone who's just getting started, like make sure you're bringing in natural light to your space when you're taking your photos and set it up you know, what I did initially is I looked at my competition. I saw what they were doing. And then I looked at hotel room photos. Hotel Mm -hmm. room photos are the best inspiration because that's what most of us book every single day. So why wouldn't you want your property to look like that? And then I also considered, you know, how real estate agents, they always get things, um, you know, they will have it set up for people walking through the listings, um, show homes. They want, they have the tables set. They have something, you know, a Netflix logo on the TV, all these things to really help your guests imagine themselves at in your space. And that really helped um, while I was setting everything up. I set up the dining table. I made sure the bed um, was looked as inviting as possible. And I know some people are hit or miss with decorative pillows. I'm a pro decorative pillow person. You're pro pillow people on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But those are the things that even though it may not always seem the most practical in the images, the more inviting you are in the space, allowing people to like imagine themselves in there, then the better you will do. And that's really what I think it's all about now, especially in the industry in, what are we, 2023 now. And everyone is talking about how valuable design is and hospitality and the guest experience, making people feel like, you know, they are actually in a home away from home. And another thing that I always say is nobody wants to stay in a property that is less than or equal to what they already have. Everybody wants that luxury experience. Mm -hmm. We all want to feel, you know, like we are pampered in some way. So why not bring that to your guests or at least portray that in your properties the best that you can? Oh, yeah, that's such good advice. Okay, here's what I want to ask you. How did you, because I agree 100% with everything you just said, like, yes, you want to create a space that's better than their own home. And even if these small things seem like they don't matter, but like, yes, getting those editorial style photos and the decorative pillows and taking the time to make that extra touch makes such a difference. But my question for you, how did you even do that when you were in the place you were in? 
Like, I think that that's something that like, as you become a better host, you learn that. But I don't know. I just feel like with everything you were going through, I feel like I would just throw up the shittiest apartment and run to Europe and like not look back. How did you still put quality and customer service and guest experience first? I feel like that's just like my personality trait. Um, I through and through am a people pleaser, you guys. So um, at the end of the day, like I loved everything hospitality and like making people feel at home in my space. And I've always been personally that person that I'm like my friends and family will go to for like restaurant recommendations. Cause like I'm the one apparently that knows what I'm talking about when it comes <laughs> to food and what to do. But, um, for me, like I just, at that time, I just made my house. I did a big spring clean, made it spotless. I locked all my personal items that were of value to me away in a storage closet that we had. Of course, I actually left out a lot of personal items like photos and stuff, which now is a no-no. But starting out, I did that because it was sharing my actual space that I live in. Um, but for the most part, I just set that up. I had, you know, because I was living there, they had all access to all my spices and everything, which made it a lot less stressful on me sharing my own home um, than if I were to rental arbitrage or buy another and start completely from scratch. So to be honest, I think it was actually like easier to give that to someone because I was like, oh, I just have unlimited supply. Like there's every, anything you could think of in, under the bathroom sink, you know? So those things that people forgot stuff, it was there because I lived there and had it. Um, but for anyone that's probably getting started, just like think of the basic amenities that you would have. Again, just clean your house, set it up so it's picture friendly. You don't need to go crazy, especially if you are um, showing in the listing description that this is your property that you live in and you're letting them know and just being transparent. One of the things I'd probably say as well is if you are trying to do private room rentals, which is shared accommodation, it's a lot less stressful than again, doing a whole house because the expectation is a lot lower because the people that are booking your property know that this is a shared accommodation that either you live in or that you are renting it to other people at the same time. Does that kind of answer it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then one thing too, you just reminded me of through talking. So you do co-hosting and you do arbitrage both and you own. Um, mm. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. I've talked about co-hosting on the show and then I had, you know, Kiera um, Castleberry on to talk about arbitrage. And of course, we've had tons of guests on to talk about more ownership. Since you do all three, do you want to give us a little insight, like some pros and cons into those? Yeah. What's your what's your favorite? What are you trying to do more of? What What do you not want to do more of? Give us like the details on that. Yeah, I think you get to a point being in the industry where you're just like, I don't want to do this for anyone else but myself. Yep. And <laughs> I, I'm definitely like at that point, I love hospitality and I love helping people. Um, but there, there gets a point where you're like, this is just tiring. But, um, you know, starting out, what I like to say is, um, rental arbitrage and private room rentals are a tool and they are a tool to scale or of course, I guess kind of backpedaling, 
backpedaling a bit, you want to ask yourself, what is your goal? What is your why? Why are you doing this in the first place? If it's just to make a couple extra thousand dollars here and there, just to like live better, then yeah, you don't have to set any expectations to scale. But if you are trying to scale and you want this to grow this business as large as you can, then rental arbitrage, um, private room rentals and co-hosting are the tools that will help you get there. That is the vehicle. And I like to say like the end result is always like, yes, those help you get there, but the end result should be to own um, and should to, and to be to should be to build your um, own real estate portfolio as large as you want to. So for me, I'm at the point where yes, I have co-hosting. I don't take any clients on anymore. Um, I'm actually trying to downsize as much as possible. Um, so if there are any great co-hosts out there that want to take some business, but um, basically, I'm trying to downsize because. I've realized over the years, my goal is like, I'm comfortable with a certain number. I just want to build my own portfolio um, larger to what it is. And I want to focus on design and education in this space. So for people getting started, like definitely work with what you have. If you have a spare room in your property, I know Natalie, you are very good at preaching this too. Like if you have a spare room or you know a friend that has a spare room or property, like reach out to them, get started any way that you can. Um, as long as you're abiding by rules and regulations, jump into rental arbitrage. Like it is huge in how beneficial and how quickly you can grow if you put your mind to it in this business and you figure out which avenue is best suited to your personality and like motivation type. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, I say this all the time, like you just said, but I think so many people who, like one thing I'll say that we have in common that I think helped us out a lot was that we both started hosting by accident, right? Like I just saw this opportunity with this place my parents had and I was like, hey, can I take the leap with that? You were running off to Europe, like all you had was this apartment and you just wanted to list it. And I think that that honestly has helped in the long run because I see people now who listen to podcasts every single week, they they attend the events and everything and they're so like they're almost so educated to the point where they don't take any action. I think sometimes mm -hmm. you just need to like look at what's right in front of you and there's something you can already start hosting right now. Like I really feel so confident in that. And I yes. think back if I had decided like I want to be a host, where's the best market to do it? I might still be looking today for that best market. Like it helped, you know, just being able to like take something that's right in front of you and and work with it. Um so yeah, I think that that's that's so true and Going back now, do you still rent out that original apartment? No. So I moved from that apartment eventually, but what that took me into for context is as soon I was still living at that apartment, I was renting the shared room out at the time once I finally got back from Europe. And during that, I started working with a developer who I was um, being mentored by who specialized in short-term rentals and building for um, property rentals. And with that, I was like, learn, give me all the education. I want to learn everything. And I worked under him. And throughout that, I got the opportunity to work with another developer that had, um, an agreement to, 
I guess they were going to renovate a property. They were going to tear it down and build new. Um, but with the city regulations, it took a long time to get their permits. And until then, the house was sitting vacant. So what I did is I approached the developer at the time and I said, hey, can I rent your property from you? And I'm going to use it as a short-term rental. And of course, he didn't care. He just didn't want people breaking into it anymore. And um, so I was very lucky to get it at a very discounted rate for the rent at the time, which kind of started unknowingly my journey through rental arbitrage. I had no idea that's what it was called or what I was doing. Um, I just thought, I was like, hey, I cut an awesome deal with this guy. But um what I did from there is I took what I learned from just renting out my spare bedroom and I multiplied it. And I took also my, while I was traveling, I stayed at these beautiful boutique hostels um, throughout Europe and they were amazing. And they had this great sense of community. And I was like, why can't we do that back home? So I took that concept and with this seven bedroom house, I had the communal areas, the kitchen, the living room and a family room. And every single bedroom, I painted the door and had a little number on it. And each bedroom was like its own little hostel. And it was so fun because I learned so much just from like immersing myself in that experience and like going through it. So I think anyone that is like starting out today, like trial and error, what's the worst that can, I always tell my students to the worst thing that can happen to you is you just rent it out long-term. Like that is really, there's no, like the risk in this business is so small, which is crazy And I was not a risk taker before any of this. Like if you asked me to pay like any kind of money at that time, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But like this one, this seven bedroom house, I didn't even know if it was going to be a hit, but I was just going for it. And I put, I think at the time I was like half my own furniture and half buying new furniture, which was like a Wayfair, Ikea mix, special Facebook find, you know, we've all been Um, there. I've still got stuff. Yeah. (laughs) But I think at the time, which is so crazy to think about it now, because you could definitely wouldn't be able to do this, is I furnished a seven-bedroom house with, a, you know, of course, some of my old furniture, um, plus $7,000 on my credit card. I had no money to my name, and I put all the money on the credit card, and I was like, I just hope this is going to come back. Oh but um, that house made paid itself off in a month and a half, and... I guess my whole point of this story of like how it can grow and you just kind of have to go for it is in under um, in under four months, that house did $60,000, which allowed me to take that money and invest into real estate and buy my first apartment with a business partner. And we did our first flip from there. And, you know, the rest is history. Like, I would have never, especially being in the Vancouver market, like anything, uh, you know, a one bedroom apartment is almost a million dollars here. So like to be able to even have that opportunity was eye opening to me and like unbelievable. And from there, there was like absolutely no looking back. And I just roll with the punches now and whatever opportunities come, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's see what happens. But This is why, like, if you are starting out, like, do not wait, just get started. 
like I said, what's the worst thing that can happen is you just have to rent it out long term. There's always going to be people looking for housing long term. And then at the end of the day, yes, you'll probably make a little bit more money on it because of the furnishings. But really, you don't know until you try. Yeah, you can sell that furniture if you need to, too. Like there's no uh, you're so right. I think that people it's I don't know, it's it's tough because I think a lot of people who listen, you know, are like lifelong students. And I feel that way, too. Like I've learned from every single guest I've had on and I keep going to all these networking events and conferences. Um, But it's like funny if you ask me where I learned most of most of what I know hosting, it was just from hosting it myself. So I you just really do have to try that stuff and jump into it. And you have such a good this is like one reason I wanted to work with you from early on is like I immediately recognized in you, you have such a good business sense. I feel like you, when you see opportunities, you actually know how to go for them. Um, and I need to, okay. I admire you so much for that. And I need to learn more of that from you. I feel like I've turned down so many co-hosting gigs and stuff because I just was like, oh, I don't have a cleaner. I don't know that market yet. I don't really want to, but I feel like you say yes to everything and yeah, I really admire figure, that about you. <laughs> yeah, say yes and figure it out later. But um, it's definitely my motto. But honestly, like, one of the things, like, you don't have to know all the answers. And same thing for you. Like, if you turned down any of those properties before, maybe it wasn't the right time. Like, of course, I've turned things down or I've hummed and hawed about things. But it's, I don't know, the the ride and like how wild it can be is like part of it. So, you know, the stress and everything, I, sometimes you want it to be easy, but it wouldn't be as exciting and feel as good as it does now if you don't go through it. And I think just start with what you have. It doesn't need to be perfect. And I know a lot of people now seeing the industry and they're like, oh, saturation, or you have to spend so much money to stand out. Like you don't like just be create a product for your ideal guest or who the person that you want to market to specifically and just do that well. You don't need to invest an arm and a leg to do it. Like when I just got started with private room rentals, I didn't have that money. So I just went for boho minimalist and I, that kind of let it slide. So it really just depends how you look at everything. But I think for everyone that's getting started in this industry. And a good point I was going to say too, is not, there is not one right path there. And I think Natalie, like you agree with this too. Like we have learned so many unique styles from different experts in this industry. Are people getting started? Like, yeah, you're right. Like we're learning every single day. And it is so cool. Some of the ways that people have like, you know, hacked the system or anything from there. And I just feel like, you know, I don't tell anybody they're wrong in any kind of style of what they do, unless they're doing it illegally. But um, (laughs) other than that, you know, like how you've made it, that's your story. That's so cool. And, you know, tell me more. I might pick up something from that. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. That is the truest thing is, And okay, I'm going to promote our summit for a minute here. But like one question I've been getting from a lot of people was like, oh, I'm already an experienced host. Is the summit right for me? Yes, because I still 
like I host a freaking short term rental podcast. Like I would definitely call myself an expert here, but I still go to all these events and stuff because what I've noticed is you're really only an expert in like a few things, right? Like I know co-hosting really well, um, you know, and I know the big bear market really well. And outside of that, and I know how to work with my parents. There you go. And outside of that, like I don't know the first thing about running a boutique motel, about glamp sites. I have so much to learn about these other things, um, private money lending and stuff and yeah. partnerships. I don't know anything about how to do that. Um, it's very tough for me to analyze brand new markets because I kind of fell into the big bear market by accident. And so just realize like, even if you have been doing this for a while and you really know something, there's still so much more to learn. And my thinking too is always, you know, I'm not going to go, like I said, we had, we had Kira on the show and we talked about arbitrage. To be honest, arbitrage doesn't really appeal to me, but I love now that I've learned enough about it to where if a really good ar arbitrage opportunity presented itself, I could say yes without hesitation. And I could call you and Kiara and have you guys walk me through what I'm doing. And it's yeah. just so good to like have those friends and those resources here. Um, you know, I'm like looking at different markets now and I at this point know all the markets I'm looking at, I know a host in every one of those markets. I know realtors in all of those markets. And if I decide to make a leap for one, I have like a safety net there of people who can help me find a cleaner and everything. And so, yeah, I just, you, you definitely learn the most from taking action, but I think that there's like, it just helps you so much to know about all the different creative ways to do it and see what other hosts are doing. It gives you so much more confidence that when, when you see an opportunity like that, you can go for it. Yes. Like even for me, like ones, like I love everything marketing, but I know there's other people in the industry that are hosting and they don't know anything about marketing or branding. They're just doing hosting well, or like the burr strategy, creative funding. There's so, yeah. for me, anything like financial and money, I like need <laughs> help and support because I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm the creative mind, the artistic one, you, you figure out the numbers. So the more I can learn and better myself in that, um, area, then the better, not only like I will do, my business will do the guests that are staying in the property, the host that I manage for, like it all kind of like comes down the line. So open yourself up to education as much as possible. And I could not agree with you more than like how valuable it is to network with people and make friends in the industry. It was so lonely before going to like, you know, my first friend's online were TJ, Tajani, and Kiara Castleberry. And then, you know, I slid into your DMs and we became friends and just the networking and going to these summits, like they're not only like so fun, yeah. but it is so cool to like connect with the people and see them face to face that you've been either following online or talking to online or that you've admired that you want to learn something from and how welcoming every like can we talk about how welcoming everyone has been like I couldn't believe it because usually there's like the mean girl people of the industry <laughs> but like I have not met anyone that was more welcoming or open yeah in this and that's probably because we're all hosts right we're all doing it great but that's that true yeah we all have like the hosting hospitality comes naturally to everyone in this industry but it's so true like all the events I've I've been to it's like 
the first one, you were just like, hey, I booked a room. Do you want to share with me for the first night? And then we went to the big like Airbnb with a bunch of other hosts. And I didn't know any of those people, but you just tag along and it's so fun. Um, This last event I went to the STR Summit in Orlando, I had a room and then Libby, who I met at another event, texted me like a week before and was like, the hotel's sold out. And I was like, that's fine. Come stay with me. Like, it's just so fun how like collaborative and, and welcoming everybody is. You're totally right on that. Um, oh yeah, I just can't wait. It's such a good community to be around. And I don't know, making friendships in this industry has changed everything for me. So yeah, especially when you have like, as I said, it's so lonely at the beginning. And I had no one that like, I feel like to this day that, and it's good that you work with your family in this. I feel like to this day, like my family does not understand what I do whatsoever. Like even my father who also has rentals, (laughs) like doesn't fully understand what I'm doing. And does he manage his own or do you co-host for him? His, his, um, my stepmom manages his, but it's, it's so funny. Like seeing on the outside, like people's opinions and things, you're like, I can help you. Why aren't you, why aren't you asking for this? But you know, people have to find their own path to it. Like we said, but one thing that I think is so valuable is, you know, reach out, make friends, network, find a mentor in the industry, because we've been as, as like an educator in the space. And Natalie, I think you could probably speak for this as well, but we've been through the mud. So you don't have to. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the one thing, like if I could have found someone and at the time I feel like like hosts and educators that are short-term rental hosts were like just up and coming on Instagram. Um, So it was hard for me to like find someone. I didn't really, I just like would read Airbnb's like policy page and like everything from there and try to Google as much as I could. But like, you know, I think I, I stumbled across Sean's Airbnb automated and like learned a lot from there, but it is, it is lonely. Make some friends, network, talk openly about, you know, the problems you're having because you wouldn't believe how many people are having it. Just maybe like the only thing is be very subjective to what you read in Facebook groups because those people yeah. are crazy. Yeah. Have you guys ever listened to Am I the Airbnb Hole? Okay. (laughs) People are nuts in those Facebook groups. Um, So yeah, take that with a grain of salt. You have to, I think, honestly, and I found that's kind of one of my favorite things about going to the paid for conferences, like free real estate meetups are fun too. But I've kind of noticed that the events where people pay for, there's like, it just elevates the quality of the person that's there like the kind of person that's willing to pay and travel to be somewhere in person you know that you can trust their opinion right on Facebook group anybody who just has a Facebook account can go post something absolutely insane on these groups and give out advice that's horrible but like if people are willing to come and spend money to like invest in their business you just know that that's a group that you can learn from they value the same things as you they're spending their money in the same things and always trying to be better better hosts so I've noticed that too. Like sometimes I like I like going to the free real estate meetups, but I've noticed I do get so much more out of the yeah. paid for events. It's just the quality of the people there is so much more elevated. It's so funny because like as we talk about this, I remember I'm like scarred from Facebook groups because <laughs> like one time I was like sharing some resources and I was like, 
giving tips on how to like create a, a good welcome basket for your guests. And I remember this one woman messaged being like, why would you, why would I ever do that? It takes away from my ROI. And in my head, I'm like, well, lady, sorry, I'm just giving a suggestion here. Like, this is not anything like take it, take it how you want to. Um, but it was just so eye opening on like how close minded mm. that she was of the possibility, like, okay, you're worried about your bottom line, but if you were elevating your space this way, you wouldn't be worried about your bottom line because that would be baked into your prices. And on top of it, you're going to increase, you know, your bookings, your reviews on your property, which is just going to benefit you in the long run. But I was not, I'm not one of those people that are going to go like ham on the keyboard about this. So I just let, I let her live. And I think the other people in the Facebook group defended me, defended my honor. So that was the one thing. I had, I had one time on a Facebook group. It was like our local Big Bear Facebook group. And I had a guest who they checked out like two and a half hours late, three hours late. We could not get them out. And then after like two hours, he was like, oh, I want to extend my stay. And I was like, no, like you, like if you had told me this morning, then sure. But I was so pissed because he like broke the rules. My cleaner was outside waiting. Um, So anyway, we ended up getting him out and he was pissed. He left so much trash behind and everything. And he was like, I'm finding another place to stay in Big Bear. So I posted on our Big Bear Facebook group saying like, And I posted his name and I was like, hey, I just want to warn any of you hosts, if this guy books last minute to check into your place tonight, like just be really clear with communicating the the checkout rules and everything. And you might need an extra cleaner. Like he just left late and left a huge mess. Here's a few pictures. And I said something like he trashed the place. Here's a few pictures. And the comments, I'm like, oh, I'm being such a helpful host warning people. The comments were like, girl if you think this is trashing a place like you don't know anything oh you consider this trashing this is this is just a standard cleaning at my place oh you like a late checkout like come on why wouldn't you it was just crazy how people were so negative and I was like that's the last time I ever help you guys out like I was trying to warn whoever gets this guy just be aware he might leave a bigger mess and check out late and it was crazy how negative people were and I just I don't know. The quality on Facebook groups is unfortunately just so, like you just talked about. Who would be mad because you give a welcome basket? Why is that yeah. something people? Well, wasn't even. That's the funny thing. It was just like to anyone that is interested in this. Here is some tips. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Like that's that's the one thing. But people are like that, and oh, that is so that is so funny because yeah, you were just trying to help them out, yeah, and they're like, you oh, got please. Burned and you're like, this is not getting your place trashed. I'm like, oh my God. Okay, fine. Whatever. Like host him. I don't care. Yeah. It was just so weird. Um, Okay. This is kind of the last thing I want to touch on with you. So you still are a interior designer. You don't work for a firm. You're self-employed and you specialize in short-term rental design. I would love to know a little bit how you balance being a host with that business. Um, And also I know if anybody wants you can go back and listen to Tatiana's episode. It's what would the Ritz Carlton do? And she gives all her design advice there. So we don't need to jump into a ton of advice because that whole episode was dedicated to that when you did your solo episode. But I am just curious for people who still have a job that they love, or maybe they want to start like a cleaning business or a design business or a staging business within the short-term rental world. How do you balance that with actually hosting? 
Yeah, I honestly, I think it helps with hosting because when you are, when I go to design spaces, I look at the properties a lot differently than if you were going to live in it long term. Um, there's different functionality, storage that you want to consider, um, you know, what people will be doing, amenities that you want to build into the property itself. So these are all things that you want to think about when you get started. And a lot of it, is utilize all about utilizing the space that you have and how you can maximize that to its full potential. So for example, I have a lot of clients that will contact me and they say, oh, I have a four bedroom house or I have this. So then we really go back to basics and do our research on the property and run numbers first before we even dive into, um, you know, short-term rentals. And that's kind of like, how hosting and design kind of like go hand in hand together. Um, it With that, we then kind of figure out, okay, based off of the numbers, yeah, you have a four bedroom house, but maybe, and maybe they wanted to also do like a pullout sofa. But let's say instead of, you know, maximizing, maybe it was best for the amount of people at four bedrooms and not accounting for that sofa. So we save costs on not doing a pullout sofa because nobody was going to really book over the amount of four bedrooms anyways per person. So those are things you'll want to know because they'll actually help you save costs um, in the long run, especially when buying furniture. Same, same kind of things. Balancing the two is really figuring out what works and what doesn't. Sometimes I actually even go through with like, maybe six months of the year, I'm just doing interior design and short-term mm. rentals. And my team is helping me host or anything like that and vice versa. Um, it really kind of like, I think any kind of balance is always a work in progress for people yeah. because, you know, things are always cha ever changing in your life or like things are getting added or problems arise. Like one thing I can say when it comes to like balancing my design work um, and hosting itself is, you know, I've built a team and I still have trust issues and who I bring onto my team. Um, but I've built a good team that helps me, you know, really I'll put pen to paper of my designs or I'll start my designs and then my team will take it over from there, creating all the floor plans. Um, so I can present it to our clients or with hosting, if I can't necessarily, do everything like I, I usually actually just because I still love hosting, I will talk to my own properties and manage those guests. And then I have um, a VA that helps me manage all the remote ones that we work mm -hmm. with. Um, but through that, like, just like our cleaning team, our runners that do anything that work in case of emergency, like, that is so helpful and allows me to like still have peace of mind. Like even just doing this podcast call, like I've been in Mexico the past month. Yeah. Um, it's still not the same as like working from home. I'm sure I'm not as productive, but it's still allowing me to work from here and manage everything that's going on and making sure that my business is still running smoothly. Um, I think, yeah, you just got to figure out a plan, put pen to paper and how you want to run things and what areas that are your weekend that you may need help from and really just go from there. It's trial and error. And sometimes that's the most exhausting thing about it because you have to try and 
add people to your team, see if it works out, see if they have the same mindset or motivation as you and really go from there. I think what makes it easier too is that your two businesses go hand in hand so well. So as you're designing for a client, maybe they'll just say, hey, can you take this on as a co-hosting thing and continue managing this for us? Or vice versa, you're co-hosting for someone or, you know, arbitraging and it's not that great. Maybe you can talk to that owner about hiring you as a designer. So I'm sure that that helps too. But yeah, it's just, I feel like I'm kind of at that like fork in the road right now with like, growing the hosting or continuing to grow like the podcast and the content creation and it's tough like my time is split do you ever feel like I just could quit being a designer and I just want to host or I could just quit hosting and do design full-time or like are you just so (laughs) in love with both and like they work so well together you have to keep them both I feel like and this is what I say it's like you're never gonna reach a point where you're like I've made it this is success Mm. like it's not like that that is what we signed up for as entrepreneurs which if we love it or hate it that's just the life yep but like it's so funny because I was just like there are days where I'm like I love this I want to do more of this I want to share as much as possible and then there's other days where I'm like I need to take a boat or a plane to the <laughs> furthest like uninhabited like land that there is and nobody talked to me you know as yep. I'm like blowing into a paper bag the whole way because I can oh barely breathe with what's going on but like that is you know and it's so funny because as entrepreneurs I feel like we do this to ourselves it's <laughs> I always tell people I am a high functioning stress addict like that is that is my thing like you need to put me in the most stressful situations for me to really thrive Mm -hmm. you guys Mm -hmm. but um honestly like oh it is just so funny like some days I go and I think I'm a big believer in like the universe and like the universe has a plan and things and I have been so blessed to I don't know how it works out but it just works out like I will be full force in interior design for like several months. And that's all the business that's coming in. And then as soon as those projects finish for some like crazy reason, then like everything with content creation and like education and short-term rental hosting and um, managing people's properties, like just starts booming. And I've been so grateful that it's kind of like worked like that, that I've been able to you know, okay, I can shut my brain down from designing now and I can just focus on content creation or management and do those things. Um, Because we really need time. And like, I am so, I respect so many people like Natalie, I respect you so much for like having this podcast and being able to, you know, come out with the episodes every week, like just keeping that is you have so much discipline just to be able to keep up with it, you know, and, you know, having two little ones (laughs) while doing the summit with me and being a wife, like there's just so many things. And like I said, at the very beginning, we do not give ourselves enough credit. And when we're in it, we can't like see beyond that. And we're just beating ourselves up for like not doing more or being enough. But as soon as you like step back and look at it, like you're like, oh man, there's like so much. Or like if anyone yeah. else tells you like how you're like, you do so much. I'm like, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely, you say all that and I'm like, oh my God, no, I'm, I was supposed to, I had a goal to like buy a property last year and I still haven't found a place to park this damn Airstream. Like, oh my God, I'm, you know, failing. But no, I think you're right. And it's, 
this is why you need this is why you need friends you guys this is why you need like a network because when you are like down on yourself who's gonna hype you up with everything but I love what you Mm -hmm. said about being like the stress addict I feel like I've been like venting to Eric about like oh my god the summit is like so stressful like there's all these other costs that we didn't account for and AV is costing twice as much as we budgeted for like shit you know and he's like but you you wanted to do this didn't you and I'm like Yes, that's not the point. Like, like just listen just to me. Listen. Yeah, but oh my God, it's so much work. Um, I hope we got to wrap this up. We're coming up on the hour, but thank you so much, Tatiana. I, it's just so funny. Like, I feel like you should have been one of my first guests ever. You were like <laughs> truly one of my first short-term rental friends, but I feel like I know you as such a friend now. It's like weird having you as a guest. So it's so good you finally came on and I can't wait to see you again in person in literally less than a month at this point um and I just can't wait for us to meet everybody and stuff who's bought tickets already um oh it's gonna be so good I can't wait for people too to see literally guys we have spent Tatiana and I are on zoom calls for what three hours a day like at least I feel like um some days more and I just can't wait for people to see what we've been working on and everything come to fruition so if you guys have not bought your ticket yet make sure you use either code natalie10 or tatiana10 for 10% off um level up your listing summit.com uh tatiana is there anything you want to add I just grab your tickets. You are going to have the best time. The dates are coming in hot. So I'm just so grateful for everyone, all the sponsors that believed in us Mm. that are supporting us. We have, you know, amazing companies like Air DNA, Proper Insurance, Price Labs, Minoan, oh, and so much more that are backing us um, for this summit. So please, 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 um, come out, show your support, learn from the exceptional female speakers that we have attending the summit. Some of these are the best in the business that I've looked up to for years. And I'm just like grateful that they're like gracing their, like their presence is gracing. I know. know, I know. I literally keep telling Tatiana out of our whole speaker lineup, I am the least successful person there. Like I am the biggest loser of that entire group. (laughs) The speakers are insane. Like I, I know, I can't believe that like for a first time event, they've taken such a leap of faith with us. Um, I'll shout out our, all of our sponsors really quickly too. We've got AirDNA, Proper Insurance, Minoan, Price Labs, Hostfully, Relay, Breezeway, Boostly, Showplace, Crescent Retreats, and Superhog. I am just like, these are all brands that like I love so much and I can't believe that they're willing to work with us and help support and put on this event. So again, that's levelupyourlistingsummit.com. We are less than a month out. I can't believe it. And either Natalie 10 or Tatiana 10 will get you guys 10% off. And lastly, for this week's Am I the Airbnb Hole, we are going to read a page from a guest book that a guest, I guess, left a message in a host guest book, and then this host took a picture of it and posted it in a Facebook group. And the amount of people that either tagged me in this or sent it to me made my heart just flutter. Like, all I've ever wanted was for people to read a guest book message like this and think to themselves, you know what I need to do with this? Send it to Natalie or tag her. So thank you so much for everyone who came through and knew how much I would love this post and what great content it would make. Here we go. This host just posted very simple, a picture of 
the signed guest book and said, this is a first hashtag tiny house problems. And here's what this guest wrote in the guest book. Beautiful, tiny, modern home. Sadly, couldn't ride the dick because the ceiling is too small on top. Hit my head many times. Parking sucks also. Crazy incline. Signed, Juan and Cindy. Um, you guys, this is our second, I believe that this is the second Airbnb whole segment where people have been writing about their sex life in the guest book. Why? Why are you guys doing this? I don't understand. I don't understand why after you get it on your instinct is to be like, hold on, hold on. Where's, where is the guest book? I need to go grab me a pen. I need to go document this really quickly. This is the second time already. The message here, the takeaway message is if any of you hosts have written guest books, go read it today. Because Honestly, at this rate, who knows what kind of Fifty Shades Grey content is living inside your innocent guest book. Go rip out any pages that you would not want children or your mother to read. And in the meantime, guests, stop writing about your sex life in these guest books, okay? It's weird. It's freaky and it's weird. Keep it between the two of you or three of you or four of you or however many, but just stop putting it in the guest book, okay? You are the Airbnb holes. And on that note, hashtag God bless. And with that, it is now checkout time. Thanks for listening and I'll see you back here next week. Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review. So you already know a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye.